Before we get into today's episode, we want to acknowledge the privilege of living and working on Aboriginal land, and we pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. Listeners, and welcome back to a format of our podcast that we haven't done for a little while, but I'm really excited to be recording an episode of Front Page Leadership. With me, I have my co-host, Simon Tyson. Welcome, Simon. Hello, Kiralee. And yes, it's a member of the Authenticity Transforming Workplace Culture family of podcasts and a, a, a format that you get very excited about. Yes, I, I love recording these ones because I think we have a lot of listeners that will be aware of what's happening in the news. And I think for us to be able to relate that back to leadership lessons is, um, is a, is a great concept. Yes. So at, as a departure from the norm, I normally get a message from you at sort of nine o'clock at night, uh, (laughs) that you've noticed something in the news you want to record a, a podcast about. I initiated this one. So I might read the article and I, I look, I'm not going to do it justice the same way you do, Kiralee, with the research you do. So, but I'm just going to go through it, give give our listeners an overview. It's related to the Hawthorne Chief Executive, Justin Reeves, who quit the club in the last 48 hours. Um, he was the CEO. Um, and for our non-football focused listeners, um, Hawthorne is an AFL football club. Um, an AFL football club that's been going through quite a bit of controversy lately, um, that are having a very, very poor season of performance, um, that are... Um, um, that, they did win by 127 points on the weekend. Yeah. And, and look, I, my my description there was only partly inspired by by the fact that Kiralee supports Hawthorne um, and partly inspired just by the fact that it's been diabolical. Um, so no, they've had a they've had a poor season, probably an expected one, but they're dealing with a bunch of other issues. And I, for our listeners, I just want to clarify something. This is not about the issues they're facing. Uh, we're not expressing an opinion here about whether those issues are right, wrong, indifferent. I, I, and I, I will express a a, a very quick opinion, and I, and I'll. I'll Acknowledge that this is actually part of the problem that led the CEO to resign. Um, it appears to me that the issues have not been handled well by the club. That, and that's all I'm qualified to say because, uh, and I'm barely qualified to say that because I have no inside knowledge. But of course, everyone's got an opinion. It and pains me to agree with you, by the way. What's that? It pains me to agree with you, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it appears heart. to me, and you know. Personally, privately, I've probably got stronger opinions than that, but it's it's they're they're uneducated. I, I don't know. I'm I'm only reading what we see in the media. So, I think what's happened to Justin Reeves as a leader happens to so many leaders out there at some level that we become the magnet for everything that's going wrong. It becomes so personal; it wears us down. So he said that he. Um, is taking his he cited the personal toll um, in the wake of a very difficult period for the club. Um, they talked about um, how he's worked really hard to establish some foundations, etc, and thinks it's the right time to hand over. But in the essence, at, at the at the heart of this, it's a leader who got to a point where it was too much. And 
we see that every day in our work. We see leaders hit that point every day in our work and we see leaders on that pathway every day in our work. And I really wanted to talk about that dynamic rather than the specific issues at Hawthorne. It was really, this was just the catalyst that made me think of this. And when we look around, it's not just at Hawthorne that that the, this problem with leaders feeling like they need to step away is happening. Even within, like, the, within the AFL world. Yeah, that's right. We're seeing it a lot and there is an underlying theme of the reasons why this is happening. It, when it happens in football, we see it because each of those clubs has got thousands of supporters. Oh, and, and it's on the front it's on the front page of the paper. That's right. So if it's if it's happened as much as it has this week, how much does it happen every day that we we have no idea yeah. about? And and where there aren't 15 different talk shows yeah. um, that focus on, you know, AFL that that this is news for them. It happens every day in so many organizations and it's unseen. And so for me, I've always been really conscious in my work with leaders and also as a leader, I've personally experienced this, that I know I'm a person of integrity. I know I'm a person with good intentions. I know I'm a person who cares about other people. I know I'm a person with strong values. But when people don't like what you do as a leader, when people don't agree with a decision, when things don't go in people's favour, when things don't work for whatever reason uh, and things sometimes don't work, as we've probably seen in the Hawthorne Football Club situation, people don't people don't criticise in those clinical terms, oh, I don't agree with that. What they do is they, have, they go straight at the leader's integrity, at their values, um, at their ethics, at the fact about they question whether they care about people or not. And I think as leaders, we can cope with people not agreeing with our decisions. I think as leaders, not all leaders, we can cope with people criticizing our process. We can cope with people suggesting that we could have done better, that we um, that something hasn't worked as well as intended. I think what really eats away at people is that personal stuff where where our integrity, our values, our morals, uh, the fact that we care about people is called into question. Um, what do you think? And that sucks the life out of you, doesn't it? Like when when that's what you are having to face and – I I really like Dimmer, who's the um, the coach that resigned at Richmond this week, who who is another one of the coaches in the AFL. I really like him, um, and I my team, by the way, on the ladder. And I not was, much. Li- I listened to his press conference, and I I read a little bit about it, and like it's sad to see someone with the life sucked out of them, isn't it? Like it's just it's really sad. And I I listened to a comment that Craig McRae, who is another a current coach in the AFL, and he said he said you're constantly trying to find the right balance between the right energy to give yeah. your playing group. You find the energy for your players, and then you get home and you're exhausted, and your wife and family want you to find that energy too. And I just thought how th- that happens to everyone. That happens to that happens to everyday life in general, let alone leaders that are coming to work, they're facing the everyday pressures, they're facing the people problems. On a good day, that's what's happening, let alone a challenging day when you might be, you know, up against budgets or short-staffed or, you know, there's 
businesses aren't meeting ends meet, making a profit, like suddenly all these extra pressures start happening and everyone looks to the top. It's your, you're the, you're the one that's got to fix this. It's your fault. You've made the decisions and it yes. sucks the life out of you. And you just, what do you have left when you get home? And, and people forget that a leader is a human as well. And I think that's the thing. What I'd love to do is share with our listeners two quick anecdotes and then some solutions, some strategies that they can use if they find themselves. No, I'm going to take that back when they find themselves in this situation because as a leader, if you've not been in this situation yet, you will be. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners are, are experiencing this right now because we hear from them. We hear from them when we're in a training room. We hear from them when we get emails from our participants. So the, f- the first one I'd love to share with you is I was in a very senior role and it was a time of significant change and there was a – lady who headed up part of the organization and we needed to make some decisions and they were they were not comfortable decisions it didn't involve her or any other team losing their job but it did involve um making decisions that were hard for them they they changed things that they held close to their heart and i'll never forget sitting in my office and she came in and sat with me and I told her about the decisions and she just looked at me and and I often describe when I think about her she didn't cry she just leaked it was like like water just ran down her cheeks and and she was genuinely sad it was she was genuinely sad and I looked at her and the human being I just wanted to stand up and put my arms around her. I wanted to give her a hug. And I know that's not what you do in workplaces, but that's what I wanted to do because I'm a human being. I wanted so desperately to say, actually, let's not do that because I could see how genuinely distressed she was about the decision that we made. But there was also another voice in my head, the leader, who said, this is the right decision, even if it's a really unhappy, uncomfortable decision for some people. Um, And if I don't have the courage to do this now, then I'm going to be having to do it again in three months or six months or nine months, and it's going to be worse. And we will have done the wrong thing for a period of time. And it was that, it was sitting in that chair as both a human and and as a leader. And the, the lady that I'm talking about, we had a really good working relationship. We had really strong respect um, we, we, we had a laugh together and we, we genuinely respected each other's abilities and perspectives. But as a, as I say, as a human, I was looking at her and as a leader, I was looking at the situation and it's bloody hard. I, I was fortunate in that situation that she didn't, she was able to see past the leader and see the human because it was because, but that was because of the relationship I already had with her. So often in that circumstance, what would be what would be attacked? So something that already I found quite emotionally challenging, she would have, in other circumstances, may have attacked my integrity, my values, suggested I just didn't care, etc. So not only am I dealing with a situation that is emotionally really challenging, but I'm also having to deal with my integrity being attacked. Um, that's bloody hard for a leader. That's 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 just so hard for a leader. And and 
it's only when we recognize there's a human behind the leader or a human with the leader that um, that we start to have a little bit of empathy for that. But so often in organizations, that doesn't happen. And I I believe that's what has happened at Hawthorne. Did the, did the leader get the some of this wrong? Probably. And probably the leadership group as a whole. But the human that sits with that leader is has just got to a point where they can't do this anymore. And there's also so many layers to this, like in particular at Hawthorne, his son's a senior footballer at Hawthorne. So, uh, you know, the toll that, that the layers that then comes down, it, it makes it even more important to remember that people are human and we need to remember that. And a lot of the time we see, um, and, and I talk about this because it has been in the, the media this week, but, you know, when Elster Clarkson, who coached North Melbourne, has taken leave, the people around him yep. had no idea. The people yeah. around him had no idea he was struggling. Because when, it's so isolating. When Damien Hardwick announced it, the um, the general manager of the football club, they are best mates. I had no idea that this is where yeah. it was. Like, you know, often we feel like these leaders are 10 foot tall and bulletproof and they carry the weight of the world on their shoulders and front up every day and we have no idea the turmoil that's going on inside for Absolutely. Them. And that's even more so we should remember the the human being that sits behind. And um, that's actually one of my tips is yeah. is don't try and carry it alone. You've yeah. got to have somewhere. And and as the the other footballer you mentioned, other coach you mentioned, you've got to go home and your family then wants you to have some energy yeah. as well. Uh, so you need to have some strategies and sometimes that's that vulnerability and yeah. it's being able to sit with someone And so just to finish off that story, there are a couple of important follow-throughs. One was, uh, you know, the way I dealt with that as a leader is I sat, I had a very trusted group of people around me there and I sat with them and told them um, that how hard I'd found it and and I was just vulnerable with them and um, I, I didn't need them to fix it. But just the very fact that I'd shared with them the how the human felt about that Help me, help me just get it all back together and then move on and be okay, not just brush it over. The other funny sort of follow through on that one is the next morning, that lady and I were the first two to arrive at a meeting. Um, so we're sitting in the meeting room together, first two to arrive. And obviously it was just slightly awkward. And I looked at her and said, are we okay? And she said, no, but we will be. And I, I have great admiration for her for that honesty, but also for being for being able to say, I just got to get through this. And she followed up. She said, I just don't like you very much right now, but I will. I will like you again because I know it's not you as a person. It's, it's the leader that needed to make that decision. Um, and she said, I know as a, as a person you care about me and care, you know, that's a rare rare example that someone will do that. So she actually helped me through that process and I was able to move on quite healthily from that. But so often you don't have a team member that does that. They just lash out. Um, they just question your integrity. They don't stop and separate out the two. They don't try and see that bigger picture. If I was in Simon's shoes, would I need to do that same thing? Which leads me to my second anecdote. Am I – Rabbiting on too much, Kiralee, no, or am I free to carry on? Carry on. I'm watching the time, <laughs> but I will give you a wrap-up if you need. <laughs> this was another circumstance. I had 
a manager that reported directly to me and one of uh, someone made a complaint about that manager to me. And so my first step was to um, speak to the manager and say, look, I've had this complaint and I, I'm, I'm going to need to investigate it. And we did those things, I think, really, really well. We were really, we put our arms around people and cared for people in the process, but we also had a very transparent and honest process. So I went about investigating this and I spoke to the manager, heard heard some some of their perspective, et cetera. Um, and and some of what transpired later, they didn't tell me. Um, and it really, it wasn't they were holding something back. It just, it, they just, it didn't, they didn't think to mention it. And you'll see why that's important in a minute. Then I went to speak to the person who had made the complaint um, and um, got them to tell me what had happened. And what this manager had said to, to the team member was, I think you really need to consider whether this is the sector you want to work in. It was a people-based services. Um, and the manager said to the, the individual, I'm not sure your heart's in this. You sometimes just seem to turn up and go through the motions and that doesn't work in this sector. I think you really need to examine it. It's a pretty tough thing to say to someone, mm. but maybe it was the feedback they needed. And even as this team member recounted the conversation to me, they recounted the conversation in a, it was, it was held in a very respectful way. And both of them agreed on that. It was just that this team member didn't like that message. So I then said, okay, well, just run through the conversation with me. And she told me what she'd said to the manager. And I stopped her and said, just, just take me through that again, because I was shocked by how brutal what she'd said to the manager had been, how disrespectful, how abrupt, how she'd attacked this manager's integrity and basically motivations. Um, and she told me again without blinking, and I stopped her and said, did you really say that? And she said, yeah. I said, that's really brutal. I, how do you think she felt about that? And this team member, I'll never forget her response because she looked me straight in the eye and said, yeah, but she's a manager. And it just, I had to sit back for a second and I said, but you understand she's a human being as well. Um, and it, it was, look, it was a very respectful conversation I had with this lady, um, but it was quite a poignant one because I think it was the first time she'd actually taken those blinkers off. She was so occupied in her world and, and, and where she saw things that she saw, oh, my manager has this responsibility to talk to me appropriately, um, but it wasn't a mutual obligation. In fact, when I don't like something my manager does, I can lash out at them and attack their integrity, et cetera. And for me, that was a really vital lesson as a leader. Um, it was a vital reminder that people will do that and that I have to, as a leader, but also as someone who works with leaders, help them recognise that that is feedback that someone's not happy with a decision, but it's actually not accurate feedback about our characters and our virtues, et cetera. It's, it's, in fact, that hasn't even entered their mind. And to be able to separate out those two and say what I need to take from this 
is that they're unhappy and see if there's something I can do to re- resolve that. But what I don't need to take is the fact that this is an observation on my character. Um, and as I say, the bit that shocked me when I spoke to the manager initially she didn't even mention the way the team member had spoken to her because it was almost as though in her mind it was normalised as well that you can speak to, you have a very high standard, which I totally agree with, when you're speaking to a team member, but maybe those standards are not the same um, in reverse, that that it's almost acceptable um, to be a little bit more brutal <laughs> in in our observations in the things we say about our managers and as a leader knowing that actually uh, it almost liberated me it, it helped me say you know what I know that's a thing I know that will happen and so I'm going to work really hard to separate the two so Simon if we've got leaders that are listening right now who are feeling like they're possibly on this path or maybe already there what would your advice be to them If if they're on the pathway there then act now um and, and look I'm going to try and keep this short and punchy but develop a trusted circle uh, because that's your safety zone where you can be vulnerable, you can talk about these things, and often by talking about them, you process them and you walk away okay. Don't be like the examples that you gave earlier where no one around them knew. Um, and I think we have to try and develop that circle beyond home as well because sometimes it means we end up, and and as one of our recent interviews said, Tim Davenport, he tried to deal with this stuff. He'd actually ring his wife from the car in the driveway so that when he walked through the front door, home was home. And so I think we've got to have something that doesn't then spill into our home life because it becomes all-encompassing. I think we've got to be prepared to say, um, I'm not going to please people all the time. And in fact, I'm going to stop judging myself on based on whether I've made people happy. I'm going to judge myself on whether I did the right thing and did I do it the right way. So did I make a decision that might have been really uncomfortable, maybe not popular, but I made it because it was the right decision and did I did I communicate it in a way that I'm, I can hold my head high, I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh, I, that'd be the two really big things. One is it's how we perceive the feedback. I think the third one then is really around hearing what people say but recognising that some people don't have the skills to disapprove of a decision without attacking the human being and separate those two out and just let go of the attack because it's it's not real. It's not it it's it's not fact. The fact is they're unhappy. The fact is they don't like the decision, but it's not a fact that you've got no values or you don't care about people. So that's my advice to people who might find themselves on the on the path there. Because beyond, to be honest, the only advice I can give people who've reached the end of the path, as uh, as the examples that that um, that inspired this episode, um, is it's probably time to go. Um, yeah. If you're at that point and you literally can't do it, you at least need some space, um, and potentially with the benefit of space you'll recognise that the journey that you're on is done and that you'll go and start another journey. Um, and, and you'll do that as a, as a healthier, more robust human being and someone who's hopefully developed skills not to, not to get there again. But at the very, very least, have the courage to put your hand up and say, I need some space, like Alistair Clarkson did. Yeah, and the others that have followed. Yeah. 
So again, just want to emphasize, there's obviously some things that have gone wrong at many levels in this whole process. This episode's not about that. This is about the human beings that sit behind that and how as leaders we can we can have strategies that might help us work through things better. Well, Simon, thank you for that. And I look forward to our next Front Page Leadership episode. Which is not far away, I believe. No, it isn't. They are going to be more frequent now, which will be good. In the meantime, stay authentic. 